listen and subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And granted, there was a lot of theories out there based on the trailers, what was going to happen. I had a, th- I had a, I haven't seen it, but I had a, a a theory based off of what if episode that the Doctor Strange that we saw was the evil Doctor Strange from What If because he was a little too <laughs> nonchalant about loosey goosey with the spells. Yep. But as so, you say that, so wait, 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 hold on. So as Cam just throw that theory out, welcome everybody to Table Truth. This is your man, Cam. <laughs> yeah. As you can see, we are already in the mud suite. I had to, I had to pause because if not, I got to record the intro. Yeah. <laughs> so as uh, with me, as always, is the the other black Cam, Doc Strange, to those that ain't knowing my real name, but also go by the Woke Okaje. <laughs> <laughs> as well as uh, the artist formerly known as Josh. <laughs> and bringing it up at rounding it up is the professor currently known as D. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, once again, before you start, spoilers are bound. We all three, like three of three out of the four of us, have watched it. Cam is joining us as well. He hasn't watched it, but he had he had his own theories. He said he wanted to stick around. He's not worried about the spoilers. So we're going to be explaining what we thought about it to him and you, the audience. Hopefully, you've watched it. If you have not, press stop now. <laughs> Go watch it and then come back and join us later. But um, yeah. So as Cam was saying, Cam have his own theories of like just from the trailers and stuff like that. The one thing I'll say out the jump is I think they did a really good job of highlighting things in the trailers so that when you watched it, you knew it was there, but you mm-hmm. were wondering how they were going to do it. And I think the payoff of how they did it was done really well as a whole from like just watching the trailer to actually watching the movie. Cause again, we knew the rumors, we knew the theories and all that, but then seeing how they kind of unplayed it, they did a really good job. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, what if, gave us, what if gave us some insight about the, and, and Loki gave us, some insight about the timeline splitting. Doctor Strange gave us an insight, so they're all kind of setting us up for this this one particular part in this movie. And, yeah. So uh, just, just cool. an overall plot point basically was, you know, uh, we all know from the last movie, Mysterio um, basically outed Peter Parker. He's kind of on the run. He's kind of not necessarily on the run, but everybody knows he's Parker, and so like everyone's kind of following him around, that kind of stuff. Um, there was a really good moment with uh, Hannibal Burris. He came back from the first movie, which I was surprised. It's like he kind of fucked up on himself back then. But um, basically, everyone split into two camps: either put Parker's a murderer and kill Mysterio, or they yeah. believe him and he's a hero. So that's pretty much how Parker's been rocking right now. And so, like, he's literally the most famous person on the planet now. So he can't be like, you know, he swings somewhere. He's on. There's automatically cameras. There's automatically a news crew. And so he's trying to figure out how he can do that. And what ends up happening basically is he gets rejected from college. All his homies get rejected from college because he's Spider-Man and everyone knows that. So he's just a, a reckless kid. And now his consequences are starting to happen. And so he's trying to figure out how he can get out of this. And that's how he goes to strange. Now that's, that's how we, that's when the movie actually really starts. Yeah. He had to learn the, the can't double dip into that hero life and the college kid life. You got to pick one or the other. Cause otherwise the world going to decide for you. Basically, basically. Mm-hmm. So, that's what happened. Yeah. So um, and then, you know, that kind of gives you the ground, the groundwork of what happened. But anyways, off, off of a, a botched spell, um, villains from other multiverses come into uh, into this multi, into this verse. And Strange is like, once again, Parker, I forgot that you're a kid. You just fucked mm-hmm. up. So now you gotta fix it. <laughs> so so now Parker and um and his Scooby team <laughs> is uh, basically trying to track down all the villains and, and kind of bring them in. And that's kind of like that's the the crux of the movie, basically. Yeah, it's a very to me it's a very it's a very Spider Man plot. Yeah. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that that's that's what um this trilogy has been very good at is giving Spider Man plots and fitting the his rogues gallery into the that dynamic as well as the paradigm of the mcu overall uh extremely ex- ex- really 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 well like this is the culmination of a coming of age story so having that moment of dr strange out loud saying what is true which is 
you know, I often, all the things we've been through together, I forget that you're still just a kid, you know? And so you're, you're hounded by that childlike insecurity and, and indecisiveness about everything you do. And, and so the, that was, that was just, that came out not only in sort of the serious moments, but also the humor as well as they, uh, as he teams with uh, Strange and, and two of them try to figure it out. Well, a team is the wrong word because that's not even how it's it's it comes about or it even plays out. So, yeah, they do a good job of like um, taking Strange off the board so it's not a team up. And so, yeah. like, he kind of he I think for this one he really got to do he he did the heavy lifting himself. Um, and I think that part was really cool. Um, there was good moments with Ned and great moments with um, MJ and stuff like that. And, um, you know, all the villains replies their roles, which were, which was pretty, pretty good. I was actually surprised. I didn't think that was actually going to happen. Um, and they give, they give each villain gets a nice little moment to cut of their shine. Um, the ever, uh, the ever moving hairline is JB Fox uh, did a great job. <laughs> he, he was hilarious. The whole thing, all his comic bits were dope. Like, you know, he was he was less CG, more him. So that was good. Yeah. Um, they did a really good job with just balancing all the villains that they had, and you know, even with uh, Doc Ock and stuff like that. Like they showed that part in the trailer where like they all make fun of his name, which is actually pretty funny if you think about it. Like some high school kids and he's saying this three this <laughs> these three words as his name. They're like, what is that real? <laughs> but also just that sort of generational divide. If you're a comic book fan sitting there seeing that the kids of this generation, the actors playing the, some of the favorite characters are laughing at the name Otto Octavia. <laughs> we all grew up thinking like, oh, that's the villain. That's, super, yep. that's Doc Ock. We never, mm-hmm. some of us, I don't say never, some of us would probably say, oh, it's silly in the back of our minds. But again, he's always been Doc Ock. Yep. But for a new generation or, that's kind of like, that's the villain name. <laughs> like they grew up with these awesome, more cool villain names, and now all of a sudden you have Doc Ock. So yeah. yeah, that was a that was a really good moment. Really good. Yeah, moment. they did a good job, and then I like when the um how the villains the villains knew each other's backstory too. And so if they were from the same universe, they can go back and forth. But wait a minute, aren't you dead? So you, yeah. you, I thought you were. I thought you got captured. And they all kind of had those moments where like each of those villains in those universes know who each other are and, yeah. and like kind of like a little bit of their backstory or whatever. Um, I mean, I think the thing that worked the, 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 that worked really well is for a movie that's not usually an ensemble movie. Uh, it really balanced it. Like, like you say, everybody got their shine, but more importantly, like it was just really well balanced in terms of like, you know, nobody got more screen time than anybody else. Yeah. Um, and it just, it didn't feel crowded as crowded as it was. It didn't feel crowded. Yeah. And yeah, nobody definitely shined um, the star. No. Nope. Yeah. Holland. And I think that that was, and that was partially given all credit to him as a performer. Um, he really did. He really did. I think step up to show that while there were other Spider-Mans, I am, I am, yeah. I am Peter yeah. Parker. Um, and not just that, but just like the heavy hitters that are in this movie. Alfred Molina is not a slouch. Jamie yep. Foxx is not a slouch. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those guys could suck up the, you know, the, all the, all the air in a room, but you know, and not in a, not in a conceited way. They're just, they're, they're heavy hitters. They're, they're star stars. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He handled himself on that. I just meant in terms of the debate of, of who, portray Peter Parker better because sure. that debate is strong because there were three Peter Parkers in almost the same generation, even though even though uh, obviously Tobey Maguire is the oldest and uh, probably from more of the Gen X and uh, Andrew Garfield is more of the millennial, whereas uh, Tom Holland kind of leans more to Gen Z uh, uh, generation. It was interesting seeing that and I think Tom Holland showed that he was more of the character than that than in his performance than they were. I think they were great, but I I think Tom Holland, even in his acting, you know, his emotion didn't feel 
as over the top as mm. yeah, uh, no, that's a good point. That's a good Kobe point. McGuire's did, and then yeah. Andrew, or as forced as Andrew Garfield's felt, because there were times where Andrew Garfield was very an amazing Spider Man. We're just gonna talk about the amazing Spider Man. Uh, was kind of turned up on the very sarcastic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Peter Park version of Peter Parker, quick witted. Mm-hmm. And then when he had to come to the emotional part, it just felt very, very forced and not natural. Whereas Tom Holland and his emotion for all the things that Peter Parker loses over time and has lost, uh, you feel that through his um, through his performance a lot more than uh, with the other two. Yeah. And I think that I think the um, the original like uh, earlier on, someone had a good point that told me they were like, you know, the. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is kind of like the 60s, 70s one. He's a little dopey. He's kind of moping around all the time. Married MJ this, MJ that. Garfield is more like the 90s one, which is quippy, you know, all the sarcasm, all that. And then Holland is definitely Ultimate Spider-Man, this version, the kind of like OG golly willikers type uh, Spidey. And it worked. And so seeing all three of them in the same space actually was kind of fun. Cause then yeah. you can kind of see the differences and like, I like, I'm a nineties Spider-Man. So like, I like the quippy, I like that stuff, yeah. but you definitely said like Holland has the best balance of it all where yeah. I think mm. um, like even Garfield, I like that they did a really good meta in terms of like making fun of Garfield and Toby in, in, in little pieces throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And so like Gar- Garfield just acknowledging that he's like the lame Spider-Man was just hilarious. Oh, hold on. Let me, let me say this. Uh, I, I actually <laughs> like Garfield Spider-Man. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. I think he's got he's the Val Kilmer Batman to their Spider-Man. You know, if that makes any sense. That's, no, that makes a lot of sense. A lot That's of a sense. very good comparison. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I get I, I'm with that. Cause I, I like Amazing Spider-Man. Um, the movie is to me better than Spider-Man one, the Toby one. And I say that because, like, on rewatch, you can just that's I usually I just tell people about that. But I think Garfield hit all the corners of the Spider Man that I grew up with, which is that quippy, funny, like sarcastic, almost with a smirk all the time. But you're right; every time he had to be serious a little bit more, it was like a lot. Stre- it was harder for him to kind of pull that in. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think Andrew Garfield nails Peter. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think. Agree. Tom Holland is probably the better balance of the bunch, whereas I yeah. think uh, uh, the first dude, uh, Tobey Maguire, um, I think he might have been. I think he might have been a better, not a better Spider Man, but at least a really good Spider Man. His Peter was kind of, yeah. but but in Spider Man Two, uh, in Tobey Maguire Spider Man, uh, Spider Man Two, where he fights uh, uh, Doctor Octopus. I feel like that was probably the best balance of the two of yeah. all the movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, wait, hold, really hold, hold on. Yeah. So yeah. In, in, in the Spider-Verse, who played the alternate Spider-Man? Wasn't that Jake Gyllenhaal? Um, no, it was, it was, in Spider-Verse, it was, it was your boy from, Chris Pine, from, Chris Pine. From Sunny. Okay, the one that was lazy Spider Man. That didn't. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. Okay. That was um the dude from uh, Single Girl. Uh, damn. What's oh that yeah, yeah. Jake. I, Jake something. It's not Jake yeah, Gyllenhaal, but it's another Jake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah, actually yeah. like his version of Spider Man. Cynical Peter Parker. Yep. Mm. He knows the stuff. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. it was good. And I, I think that was that that was the coolest part about this. And even the way they introduced the other two uh, Spideys, and it, it it felt it was cool. They like. You know, they challenged them. They're like, wait, how do we know you're Parker? And then, like, you know, you know, hey, crawl on the wall or something. And Garfield's like, I'm not crawling on the wall. What would I do that for? <laughs> Jake Johnson. It was perfect Jake for, Johnson. His, uh, for Andrew Garfield's Peter, like, in the yeah. way he responds to things. And, yep. And um, and that was great. Uh, I Look, the moment that made me laugh was the the when Garfield's uh, Peter – when they're getting ready to go into battle, and he says, um, he says, so or to ask Toby McGuire, he's like, so are you gonna, are you gonna, are you planning on going into battle dressed like a youth minister, or did you bring your, <laughs> did you bring your suit? Because <laughs> he can't, he like straight up, like, like Gap commercial, <laughs> like the sweater and the t-shirt and like the just like the khaki pants and the little members on oh, the jacket. Dude. Yeah, I would say that moment, and then um, you know, 
Now, in in the film, you know, all three Peters are working on a solution. So they're in the lab. They're all being yes. sciencey and stuff, which is also a really, really dope moment. And then uh, uh, fake fake Genki, aka Ned, goes up to Garfield. And he's kind of like, yo, man, so do you have a best friend in the, in your verse? And then Garfield's like, yeah, yeah, I have a best friend. And then he turned into a supervillain. And then he tried to kill me. And then he died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, actually that, was, uh, that was McGuire. Oh, yo, you're right. It was McGuire. Because he, he, he caps it off with, yeah, it's, it was kind of sad. But in that very Mag- Toby McGuire, he keep working and he's like, Kind of sad, actually. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, uh, fake Genki, aka Ned, goes up to to Holland. He's like, "Hey, I promise, if I get superpowers, I will turn into a supervillain and try to kill you." <laughs> it's a good moment. It's a good yeah, moment. Yeah, it's a good moment, and they just play off of each other well. Also, I would say um, the chemistry between Zendaya and freaking Tom Holland was like really, really, really good. Oh yeah, they like, turned up. Like. Yeah. It just it it was oh, I'm starting to see a theme with Zadaya and like skinny white guys in movies. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not lost on me. Not lost on me. She did a good job. She did a good job. I thought they and they both had like dope chemistry that worked out. Um yeah, they gave her a lot more scenery to chew up. Yeah, 100 percent Also, same with um uh freaking John Favreau and uh Marissa Tomei. That shit was great. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, as the veteran and, and veteran character actors, no less like yo, they, just, they killed it. They just killed did it. such a great job. Yeah, killed it. Let me, so let, me, let me ask you this from somebody who hasn't seen it. Uh two things that's been bugging me. Please tell me they didn't bring Iron Man back in any shape, form, or fashion in this movie. Nope. And is there no, any? No, 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 uh, no, no. Okay, because timeline. So I had to ask. And do we get any Eddie Brock? And if it is Eddie Brock in this iteration of Spider-Man, is the one played by the current actor who's playing Venom? So they they do a good job. The one thing I would say for this one is their post-credit scenes um, hit well. So yep. you so at the end of the at the end of the movie. They get to a resolution and essentially, so for people that read the comic books, this is uh, basically one more day, um, a storyline in the comics where basically um, in the comics, Aunt May dies and then Spidey or Parker goes to Mephisto and says, hey, I can't let her die. And he's like, all right, I can help you, but then other things aren't going to happen. People are going to forget you. Like you're going to forget Mary Jane's not going to know you. You know, people aren't going to know that you can still be Spider-Man. You're the only one that knows, but everyone else is going to forget. And that's pretty much the the bulk of this uh, story. So with this resolution, uh, Strange casts a spell. Everyone forgets that he's Spider-Man and he, uh, he, you know, everyone's going back to their, their respective universes. All the senators are six leaves, you know, roll credits, da, 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 da. And then you you uh, you cut to a scene in San Francisco, and you have Tom Hardy, and Tom Hardy's talking to uh, the the Mexican cat from Ted Lasso. Shout out to all the Ted Lasso fans out there. <laughs> and um, it basically Ted Hardy's been at the bar the whole time talking to this bartender about all this the universe of superheroes, and he's like, "Whoa, wait, wait, wait!" So there was an alien, like a purple dude. <laughs> like, yeah. and so it was pretty funny. Was and funny. so again, yeah. him and Venom are having this inner dialogue about you know doing stuff and you know whatever. And again, you know. Venom the movies not great, but Tom Hardy and as Venom and Eddie Brock is they actually, make it work. Yeah, yeah they make yeah. it work really well. So, yeah. um, so as he's you know getting you know learning this stuff, and then all of a sudden Tom Hardy actually starts to fade away too because he's going back to his universe. And then the last scene is a little uh, speck of black goo on the on the uh, table, and it moves, therefore leaving the little piece of the symbiote in in, in Tom Hardy's universe. universe. Yeah. Pretty smart. It was a pretty nod, a pretty good nod. And they did a good I like to me, I was like, that's a perfect way to do it because therefore you can either A have Tom Hardy come back, play that character, or B recast it. It makes sense. It doesn't have to do much. And it, it was just very simple and subtle. And I did a really, really good job. Yeah. And, and um I was very much as a from a storytelling perspective, wondering if if that was an accident as a result of the ripping of are tearing the, the molecules and return them into to their normal space and time, or if Venom did that on purpose. Yeah, he exactly. Was, he was very much obsessed with Spider Man, and he yep. wanted to go and and talk to, Sp- to Spider Man. Yep. So exactly, it was it, when it when it happened. I was like, oh man, it, a piece of him got ripped off. But then you didn't 
see him transforming or maybe he was about to transform. I don't know, but I, yeah. I would let- be curious to see if that was something that he did on his own or the yeah. seminar did on its own. And, it, and, it, and it, I think they did a good job with like, kind of just like laying that like true Easter egg. And I thought that was yeah. cool. Um, yeah. the, the other part that we forgot is um, we got a diesel green goblin, like oh yes, oh the green goblin, <laughs> yeah, like the diesel, like and so so green goblin, is, Wait, diesel know, green goblin on like steroids. I mean, in terms of no, 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 no. in terms of the performance, and yeah. also like, you got you, and, and the, oh say that again, Josh. I said you got a you got diesel performance and and the costume. You got an actual green goblin costume minus yeah. the green face. Yeah. Um, but he's basically in a like a shredded up hoodie that resembles comic book green goblin. Yeah, and it worked well. And I think they um, you know, by introducing Norman Ros- uh Norman Osborne with that, you know, dual personality of like the nice guy and then the crazy one. And so the nice guy kind of defend um befriends uh holland and may and then the the real one shows it shows him shows up and whoops freaking holland's ass <laughs> yeah. oh like, yeah straight up next to the the raimi spider-man when he was whipping uh McGuire. yeah exactly <laughs> and and defoe was having the time of his life he was just like oh yeah Ooh. and it was really done well and also you know holland hasn't really uh holland's parker hasn't really faced that level of a villain yet no, and so like right. who is like 100% crazy there's no saving him he's whoop he's legit whooping your ass to cause chaos like that's his whole point there's, and like, he's murderous like mm-hmm. he's, he's he's completely um that um vulture wasn't a, a killer wasn't a murderer he was just a thief in a uh in a in a you know Petty, uh, petty, yeah, a and, and yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to simplify Vulture that way. I, I feel like he, he, he's a villain that had a purpose, like in the sense yeah. that it was honorable what he was doing, but like in his heart, he only did what he had to do because he was forced to do it. And yeah. you're right. Oh, absolutely, but yeah. it, 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 absolutely, a hundred percent. It just didn't take away from what he did. In, yeah. In terms yeah. Of- achieve that and same with Mysterio but here you have to, to Cam's point Green Green Goblin where this is a menacing threat like this is a person yeah. who literally murders for fun Yep. and you see that in um, Holland's Spider-Man like you said had never encountered that um, that type of uh, malevolence Yeah. Uh, because I wouldn't even say that Thanos was malevolent uh, he was a very specific type of malevolence. Yeah. Um, pragmatic. Um, pragmatic, more <laughs> capricious mm-hmm. and callous mm-hmm. than he was yep. malevolent. Um, and so in this one, and then so now you have, uh, you know, Hollins Parker facing someone that legit is crazy and yeah. enjoys the fight, enjoys the main, the menace, the destroying of things, the destruction. And Hollins kind of like, he's taken aback by it because before, you know, Everyone, you know, I gotta save everyone. I want to make sure everyone's good. Like they're, you know, they they're bad, but they're not that bad. We can figure out a way to save them. And then yeah. Goblin's like, Nah, man. Yeah, <laughs> and all we've seen is the phrase we want to use. Yes, <laughs> right. all the villains still had their same motivations, only in a different context. So for for Max, it was about that feeling of absolute power or having control where he didn't previously uh, for Sandman, it was still about being able to protect his daughter and on a fundamental level uh, mm-hmm. survival. Um, Kurt Connors, the same thing, believing that the only path forward is for humans to be transformed into reptilian amphibious uh, <laughs> creatures. <laughs> and, and, and the same with Doc Ock, still looking for the power of the sun in the palm of his hand, which I love the moment where he's holding the arc reactor after, mm-hmm. um, and that they acknowledge that in this universe, because of the movies taking place after those movies, uh, real life time wise. The technology is far more advanced yeah. in, in Holland Spider Man's universe than in uh, those movies' yeah. universe. So that, that was all a good the nod. Details of the script were solidly like just putting little super glue on all the potential cracks. It's yep. like, like here, yep. oh, oh, that. So we're so Jamie Foxx did look like uh, kind of Festus with the teeth in the. And, you know, <laughs> 
here's how we explain that. Yep, exactly. Yeah. They did a good job of doing that. And I think even with um uh freaking um they, they each Spider-Man too, where you know, the part where you know Toby Maguire shoots his webs out of his wrist, and everyone was like, Yo, what? <laughs> that was great. That they're was like, great. wait, so you know, how, how does that even work? Like, are you, you does it do you make that in your body or what? <laughs> yeah, that was great. And so, mm-hmm. and then also, too, when, you know, they're starting to see the differences between the Peters and how each of them have similar things where, like, someone lost, someone someone did some other stuff. And so I like that they try to uh, keep that balance where it's like, yo, we're all Peter Parker, but we all have differences, but we still dealt with the same things. Yeah. Still, still dealt with loss, still trying to save everybody, still trying to be a better person. And I thought that organization was dope. Yeah, and because uh, Holland's Peter was definitely about to cross that moral event. Right? <laughs> oh man, like, yeah, some dark, dark, dark to go in. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's, man, he was being a real Queens kid on some. Yo, you dead exactly. in my aunt. You gonna have to go. You got <laughs> like now nah, the rest of them. They could go back and do the thing, but yep. Goblin. Nah, yep. Goblin. Me and Goblin got beef. That <laughs> yeah, that's deep. Nah, that was good. And then um. And then also, too, it was funny because a good moment was so the resolution of the movie, you know, everyone forgets, you know, everyone forgets that he's Spider-Man. So things can go back to quote unquote normal. So everyone forgets. Doc Strange forgets. Happy forgets. All of them. So now Peter's literally on his own. No gadgets, just him, his powers and a a regular old suit. And it was cool because that was kind of a nod to kind of like the loser Parker that happens for a good chunk of years where he's just kind of by himself, just figuring out making his own web fluid like he has no team behind him and like you know mm-hmm. the holland's parker has like stark technology he's had all these all these gadgets and now he's back to just being square one yeah and he goes to find mj where he's working at the same donut shop that she works at and as he's talking to her he almost wants to like you know tell her everything and this is who i am blah blah blah, blah. and then um i like the moment when he walks in and he sees her and then uh fake Genki, a.k.a. Ned, comes in after him, and she waves to him. And I had to say, like, me and a couple people at the same moment were like, yo, if Ned starts making out with MJ, <laughs> I would have been like, son. Oh. And I was like, but I realized me and everyone else, I thought that we're just wounded souls. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would have been a knife. I would have been like, oh. Yeah. And I, <laughs> just I think a uh, shank. Yep. It would have been right in the gut. Yep. 100%. <laughs> underneath the underneath the ribs. That moment um was also real cool and it just shows the, the sharpness in the writing of the screenplay which I will say that that screenplay to me was probably the best of all the the Marvel films that I've that I've seen. Um in terms of an overall script and favoring the writing over favoring uh the formulaic visual um visual palette of Marvel. Um, But that moment was also cool because he was just about to do it again. And then she pulled her hair back and he saw the bandage. And then that, that's what stopped him from pursuing even trying to rebuild or reestablish that communication because seeing that bandage, it reminded him of how he got there in the first place, which is, trying to have it both ways, trying to be Spider-Man and trying to be a boyfriend, a best friend and live a normal life. And so we're left with the very last few moments of him, you know, walking away from that and then going, like Cam said, on his own, own apartment, uh, on uh, um, all these things, and then choosing to continue on as Spider-Man, but knowing that, that's all he's going to be able to do as of now, because that's, he has to strike. He's struck. He's now found that balance. Yeah. Until he well, I, think I think the beauty of it is they put him through it. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. Of the, of the, of the Marvel movies that, that we've had thus far, removing infinity war and Endgame off the, off the, off the board. Cause those are, singular films but in terms of like the standalones i don't think there have been bigger stakes i don't think there's been any bigger personal stakes in a film in a marvel film than this movie and the reason why it works as well as it does is because you 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 gave him stuff in in the first two films and in civil war 
yeah. and you take it all away from him. Oh, like wow. he doesn't have any of it by the time you get to the end of this movie. Yeah. yeah. And then and that's that's a part that actually reinforces it because there's a good moment where he's like really, really broken, and the other two Peters show up and they kind of just share the same thing. They're like, yo, I lost Uncle Ben, I lost Aunt May. Mm-hmm. These are the things that happen. And then like, you know, I got revenge and it didn't help me. So we're trying to let you know as a similar dude, <laughs> yeah. what and you're also, thinking right now. I've been there, but don't do it. Don't let, do let, it. Me, let me let me add on this. The, in, in the whole Spider-Verse, in every incantation we've seen in the current Marvel Universe of Spider-Man, the world's at balance when Peter Parker is unhappy or doesn't have a perfect world. When Peter wants it perfect, things never go right. But when Peter's unhappy, everything else is in balance. And that is, it's been like that since the comics. In order for this to work, Peter cannot find the 100% resolution. So he has to be content with like, okay, no one's who I am, so I have to lose MJ. Or I got to lose this, or I got to lose May. Because if if these things don't happen, then the world as a whole, it's the selfish versus the greater good of humanity. Does Peter right. want to be happy or does the world need to be saved? He's got to choose. And like you said, you can't be a halfway gangster. You can't be college kid and Spider-Man. You got to choose one. And so for his own emotional stability, he has to choose whether to be the hero that he needs to be or preserve his own selfish selfish reasoning and be like, I want my love of my life, but at the cost of all this. It's been that yeah. arc for every Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah. And, and, well, and I mean, it's the central theme of Spider-Man has always been the the line that we always get, which is with great power comes great responsibility. And so every, in every version, there's a sacrifice. There's, there's something that he has to give up or something that he loses in order to like, like can't put it perfectly in order for his world to balance. He has to make those sacrifices in order for everything else to fall in line to fall into place. Yeah. And I think that it's what, what you see is that only, what makes that character special is that he's willing to do it. You know, he was willing to, after he sees the bandage, you know, walk out of MJ and um, Ned's life for good, knowing that even though it hurt him, but it's going to mean that they don't, obviously we're talking about a world where aliens fall from the sky (laughs) at any moment, whether Spider-Man there or not, MJ and Ned can get swept up and carried off into the nether nether world. So we're we're just going off the base ground level that he's like, at at least if I'm not in their life, that minimizes that extraordinary threat of death or destruction for them. I have yeah. to 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 uh, make it make sense to himself. But yeah, they they definitely. And I think what I've enjoyed mostly about this trilogy is that it's been a and I keep saying trilogy because for me, it felt like a whole trilogy like that film felt like the cap off of a one, a beginning, middle and end arc um, mm. that but also of a hero's journey, uh, a, a coming of age journey that started in Civil War and ended, carried over through Infinity uh, War and Endgame, and then um, crescendo in uh, Homecoming, Far, Far Away, and and No Way Home, and and that's why I think to me it's the best written story arc in Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe overall that started with purpose and ended and fulfilled that purpose. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. And they and they did a really good job of just like letting that character grow. Like you said, from Civil War, we was kind of just like, hey, what's going on? To yeah. having real stakes, to actually manning up and, and taking responsibility when certain things happen. And then also trying to figure things out with his friends and all that. Um, the last thing I would say is the use of Doctor Strange in this was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did a good job of not making it a team-up movie, but Strange mm-hmm. was there. They took him off the board quickly, but the way they did it was good. Um, the you know the folding when they were back in, when they're, they they were you know in the mirror verse again, and it, it looked fresh. It looks it didn't look like they just pulled it from the last movie, but they looked at interesting stuff on it. Yeah. Um, there's a great great bit where um, you see Wong, and then you know Wong is now the Sorcerer Supreme. 
And and then, and then uh, Holland's like, wait, I thought you're the Sorcerer Supreme. He's like, well, there's a technicality because I was known yeah. for five years. They so have to have another one. So Wong was the one that's to get to just do it. <laughs> so I yeah. thought that was dope. And even um, wait, 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 did you just confirm there's the Doctor Strange? And this one is the evil Doctor Strange. No, no, no. I'll get to that part. But okay. because he because the Doctor Strange was a part of the blip, uh, Wong became the Sorcerer Supreme for the five years that he was gone. And so technically, Wong is still Sorcerer Supreme, which is hilarious. Um, And then the reason why everything was all cold, which I thought was also also good, was one of the portals they opened up is to Siberia, and then the whole cold came in. They couldn't they couldn't close it. That's why there was all those all that snow, which I thought that was pretty funny. That was hilarious. Um, And so, and then the the last wrapping up for uh, Doctor Strange is so the ending credit scene. One was Tom Hardy and Venom, which was dope. And then the ending credit, the last one, instead of being a, um, an in, uh, ending scene, they actually dropped the trailer for um, um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, and it was dope. Like it was, and I, I actually liked it that way because it was kind of like, okay, you'll see Doctor Strange next in, and then boom, they dropped the full trailer. They had a bunch of good bits for the fanboys. They had good, um, good nods to like WandaVision. They had good, mm-hmm. so. I thought they did a good job. And then to your credit of the Dark Doctor Strange, the bad the main baddie for um Madness the Multiverse is Dark uh, Doctor Strange. Well so, it's, it's two. It's Mordo and Yeah, Mordo as well. Um, yeah. And so Dreadlock, it was Dirty Dreadlock Mordo. I yep. still got my fingers crossed that Mephisto is lurking in the background, but that's just that's just you me. and like a hell of other families want Mephisto to come yeah. out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's the thing though, if he did come out the woodwork out of nowhere, it would be on brand. Yeah. <laughs> like it would totally work. Like if he just like yeah. popped out like, hey, what's going on? That? Like that would totally be on brand. And but so- also we know he wouldn't be the main antagonist of Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness because Mephisto is more like Avengers level type of threat. Obviously, Doctor Strange has battled him and all that stuff, but you know he's a interdimensional entity. So you yeah. know it's, it it would take a lot more heavies than just Strange himself. All yeah, I'm gonna so say they- is bring back the real Hulk and not this version of Hulk. That's all I ask for. I concur. I uh, I second that motion. They'll probably bring uh, Amadeus Cho Hulk if if, if anything if, it, if they talk no. about the real one. I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> Keep the third eye you open. Man. Heavy taping, boy. Yo, it's gonna be Asian Asian Hulk, Asian uh, Asian woman Wolverine. It's coming. I give them ten years. You'll see. <laughs> they got to check all their boxes, dude. They, that's why. That's uh, true. In um and so in the Doctor, boxes. Yep, in the Doctor Strange um uh, trailer, they had a, a a nod to America Chavez, who is like multi-dimensional character in the book, and like she like literally checks all the boxes. She's Latina, she's a woman, she's queer, and so she can punch holes in the multiverse. And so they're gonna have a lot of fun with that. Just in her, I, I'm curious to see how they introduce her and what they do with her. But um, yeah, yeah she's gonna figure heavily from what I read. Yeah. So, but yeah, overall, man, <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man, they did it. They, every time we, every time we say Marvel's like, ah, you know, you guys lost a couple steps. We'll see what happens. And then they, uh, they, they, they brought it home this year after a, a bunch of like, okay, mid-tier movies this year. Yeah. So I guess the, the, the question that comes to mind is how do we rate individually? How do we rate this movie from a scale of, on a scale of one to 10? Um... I'm gonna say I'll, I'll go first. No, for right now. <laughs> you seen it. Say, say, get your daddy. Say, get him. Get him. Get him. Yeah, I made it easy. Nah, you know what? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it a ten, and I'll put it top five. Hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, I, I, I haven't really once I yet. watch this, we're gonna have a debate. It was just top ten. All right, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it. It's definitely top tier um, MCU for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely the best Marvel movie this year, easily. That's not even a question. But um, I would say, yeah, I'm gonna put it top five, and I'm gonna say it, I'm, I'm gonna give it a ten. I like in terms of story, heart, mm-hmm. action, comedy, um, nods to the next stuff, good com- comic bits. Um, direction too. Direction, and they did a good job. Yeah. And like, and like, I'm. I think I could think it can. It could be a good contender as best trilogy of of MCU. 
Like a good a good argument to be made uh, for all over Captain America. Over Captain America. Yeah, oh, I, I oh, think yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, you can have a you can have a Easy. good. Yeah. You have a good argument, I think. I think I, I would say arguably they are saying easily. The, the only because I think easy. the second one isn't as good as the other two, the one and three. But at the same time, first Avenger is not as good as Homecoming. I don't think. No, no, and, that's exactly and, what I was about. And this say. and this is better than uh, this, this is better than Civil War to be honest. But yeah. Winter Winter yeah. Soldier is definitely better than Mar- Spider Man second. So I'm yeah. I, I can put Spider Man above, and we all you know we all arguably agree that uh, Captain America is the best trilogy so far. So I would say yeah, Spider Man would put is because I think Spider Man beats it. That that'll be mine, uh, Josh. Yeah. Uh, for the same reasons, ten. Yep. Um, I think I think it's stronger. It, so putting it up against uh, the Captain America trilogy. It's definitely stronger. So Homecoming is definitely stronger than than First Avenger. Uh, Far From Home is definitely. I wouldn't say it's on par. I, I wouldn't even begin to say this on par with Winter Soldier, but definitely No Way Home. Uh, I don't want to say it beats. Uh, it, it, it beats Winter Soldier because Winter Soldier is is probably still my number one. But it's definitely tied at this point. It's mm. it's tied, and nothing mm. else for the individual movies. Not yeah, counting yeah, yeah. again. Not counting mm-hmm. uh, Infinity War and um, oh, Endgame. And Endgame um, for the individual films. I would say it's at least on par with Winter Soldier is in terms of quality, in terms of writing, in terms of directing, in terms of action, in terms of stakes. Uh, you know, the characters, you know, coming into the movie one way and leaving another, you know, then the the, the main character is not the same from the beginning of from the beginning of the trilogy to the end of this to to the end of it, from the beginning of this last movie to the end of it, the character is not the same person. Um, So yeah, 10, 10, rock solid 10. Easily best written, I would say best written film of uh in the MCU era. D? Nope. D? Um yeah yeah everything that everybody said. I think I give the film itself uh nine and a half out of ten just because ten out of ten that just seems impossible to achieve for anything. He doesn't give not out to, tens. He, not not, not, not to these universe. guys. I don't I don't throw tens out there, but if there is a movie in the MCU that I would give a 10, uh, it would be No Way Home. That's why I would give it as close to the thing of the 10 that I would, which is a nine and a half. Um, I think I would go ahead and say that overall, from a narrative perspective, um, it's better than the Captain America trilogy. Um uh, from an action-driven uh, excitement, I don't know. They probably neck and neck with Captain America, slightly above uh, the Spider-Man uh, trilogy. Um, but I agree with what everybody said, and t- that Homecoming is better than First Avenger. I think Winter Soldier is definitely better than Far From Home, and No Way Home is definitely better than than uh, Civil War. Um, I believe that No Way Home is a better written film than Winter Soldier. That's just, I could go into more detail, but I'll just leave it at that um, since we're not really talking about Winter Soldier. But I do think that it's it's definitely hard to knock Winter Soldier off of where it is because it is such an excellent uh, uh, film. But definitely the t- there's only two really good trilogies in the MCU of all of its 20, 30, close to 30 movies. And that is the home spider-man home trilogy and the um the um captain america trilogy and i and I, again spider-man is is a little better because the journey was a little more holistic um i think the journey was also a little bit more meaningful with with bigger personal stakes um than what it was with steve rogers character so um that's my take. I nine out of five for the for the for the film itself. No way home. Ten out of ten for the 
three movies that combine to make the trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely No Way Home to me is the best written Marvel film, period. And that trilogy is probably up there over all the other ones because it's the most complete. Yeah. Nah, that's dope, man. That's dope. Quick, quick, quick question before we, we cut. Okay. Movies included in all Marvel since the renaissance of Marvel come back. Oh, jeez. Top, top Marvel thing. I already know my answer. It's Loki. Loki's the best thing Marvel's done out of all this stuff. Loki was, I love that. So, like, Marvel's done some dope stuff. I'm like, all right, it's cool, this, that, and that. But Loki, the show, top tier. I ain't never been hyped on a Marvel idea. And what if, if, to me, was a close second for the exact, maybe one episode faltered, but what if? (laughs) Thor episode. Liked it, but wait, are we, we talking uh Marvel in general? Marvel, Marvel in, general, yes. film? in the in the re- renaissance period, so Blade yes. is the jump off post Blade era. So, all right, so anything TV and movies, I would yeah. put yeah, Loki's up there. Um, what's funny is again, Hawkeye is a boring ass character, but like this show is a lot better than I thought it was, so it's, mm-hmm. it's creeping up there for me in general. I, I would watch. say. Yeah, Loki. Loki's definitely one that, like, I think pushed Marvel to to on a TV uh, aspect to be a lot better than they were before. I think like, and Hawkeye's kind of following the similar thing. Um, I definitely put No Way Home. I would definitely put Winter Soldier. Um, what If was really good in terms of like their execution in it. I was really I was really impressed that they went there, which in, in some of those parts. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, hmm. A topic Round for another out. discussion. Just yes. throwing that out. Yeah, there. yeah, we gotta think about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. off top for me, I would say, what if? What if had my stomach hurting? <laughs> like yeah. I, I, I felt, I felt, what if the, the, especially the end cap, the, the two part end cap, mm. I felt that in my gut. Yeah, like it really, it really made you feel lift that your fictional heroes were in peril, and you yeah. didn't know whether or not they were who was going to live, who was going to die, who was going to be a turncoat, you know, whether they were going to pull it out. You so know, is that it, the criteria? Is that the criteria? Because I, I, well, that's my criteria. Okay, because I was just <laughs> Okay, because I would say like I, I don't. Yeah, that's a rabbit hole because I would consider <laughs> anything. I would consider probably the only newer thing that Marvel has done in the last couple of years that I would consider like top, 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 top would be a few of the movies, uh, Loki. Um, I didn't. I think yeah, Loki was second for me, and then probably uh, um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is probably third. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah, well, 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 hold on, hold on before we get to that rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't, don't don't punch somebody in the throat. That, just a second, we'll be back now. Um, so yeah, yeah. So well, you know what? We'll we'll do that for a future pod. We'll you know Hawkeye is rapping. We're gonna do a recap of Hawkeye, and then also we'll come back and we'll kind of do a we'll kind of do a Marvel uh wrap up of like what we think is top tier, and we'll include movies and TV shows. And I, you know what? And I will even because we're doing that, and we're starting with so we'll say that's the criteria. We start from Blade. We can even add in things like uh, Agents of Shield and some of the some of the fake X Men stuff. But just have have a far reaching conversation about all the Marvel top properties, TV and film, and where do we see is that top tier, what's that low tier, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, should I recuse yeah. myself for the X Men conversation? <laughs> <laughs> is that post Blade? Right? Yeah, it's post Blade. Okay. Yeah, no, X-Men, X-Men came out to eviscerate X Men. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be yeah. yeah, yeah, man. So, we can do all that. So I got yeah, we'll I got to see No Way Home, and I got to watch Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. We'll come back and we're gonna do a recap of uh, Hawkeye. All the episodes finales coming up, and then uh, we'll do a separate one where we talk about all the Marvel stuffs and and go from there. You got your last. La- you're you're the last one left, and then Deanna, you can say say one more thing. Because we we did not talk about the big cameo in that in that movie. Like there was a really cool cameo in that movie, and we didn't discuss it at all. You're right. You're right. There was probably one of the best cameos I've seen in in uh, the MCU. Uh, when Holland is in trouble, they go. They're sitting in the kitchen, and they cut to their lawyer. Matt Murdock, aka oh, yes. Daredevil. Oh, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. 
pretty much. And he you displays a little there. Daredevil uh, abilities uh, yeah. very naturally. Yeah, it was dope. <laughs> it was dope. That, that, that yeah. was a good. And his team was like oh, five minutes, and they you know, barely. Snapped. And, and what's was, funny is it. There was so much that happened in that movie, you almost forget that he was in it, and it was yeah. and it was yeah. really good. It's not like yeah. it was, it's not like it was something that was just like a throwaway, and you just like, oh, yep. whatever. Charlie Cox popped up, yep, whatever. exactly. Nah, it was really, really good, perfectly placed, and caught you out there the whole bit, and it was just a really good piece in a in a in a movie that had a bunch of great pieces in it. Yeah, yeah. It was so this is why Charlie Cox was on my damn timeline the whole day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was yes. wondering yes. why he was talking about it. He's back, at least nah. for that moment. He yeah, was back and, and, and it made sense, Matt too, Murdoch. because that's kind of the case that he would take as Matt Murdock. Like, yeah. you know, Please bring back so, Punisher. Please bring yeah. back Punisher. So, <laughs> well, again, that's, and and like, those are those things where it's like, you know, someone like the... We'll, we'll talk about this with Hawkeye, but what I liked about Hawkeye is that ground level that Punisher and Daredevil brought. Like, yeah. less suit mm-hmm. and capes, less aliens and you know all these powers but just regular old people trying to be do regular old things and be good and so bring back um, the hallway fight scene again yeah like but yeah charlie cox showed up and it was good because he was there as matt murdoch just being himself and then a rock comes uh through the window and matt murdoch again blind catches it behind (laughs) his back and then (laughs) and they're just like uh, what what'd right. you say? What'd you say? He right. catches it, and Peter Peter also his reflexes being on par with Daredevils. They both put their hands up, right? right? To <laughs> catch it. Yeah, they both touch it, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. both they both put their hand up to catch it, but Daredevil catches it. I mean, uh, Charlie Cox catches it first, which is yeah. Hilarious. He's like, what 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 are you again? He's like, oh, I'm just a good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a good lawyer. I like yeah. that. It sets up, you know. Showing how Feige is going to try to introduce the former Netflix people possibly into to you. So that that was to me really, really good because it doesn't need a lot of pomp and circumstances. The moral of the story is actors are liars because Andrew Garfield (laughs) was hard body. I am not in no way home. No, stop asking me stupid questions. No, I'm not in it. Just all kind of attitude, and he is very much in this thing. Charlie <laughs> Cox, same deal with like, yeah. yo, listen, I don't want to jeopardize the bag. They might have me come in later, but I am not in no way home. Y'all need to stop asking me because my answer is not going to change. I wasn't in it. I was never on set. Like he went into this whole elaborate and thing. You know what? I actually appreciate They're that because liars. in the age of social media and rumors and everything else. Marvel still can kind of keep things yes. under wraps. And yes. That is true, but they're also yeah. liars. Yes. But also, <laughs> and, I, and you know what? I like it because I'm like, dude, sometimes you can wait till the movie comes out. Yep, you can <laughs> always wait till the movie comes out. Exactly. So I think that... You can absolutely wait. You, and so I'm glad, that, I'm glad that in the age of social media and the internet, we can still have some type of specials and some type but of... But they're like, liars. Surprise. They are liars. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> But also, but yeah, um, so yeah, man, that's a recap of Spidey. We all loved it. Cam gave it a zero, but he hasn't watched it yet, so <laughs> he'll, he'll come back and, and score. Yeah, they got Charlie Cox in it, so I might, might have to give it nine point five. So I'm, I'm I'm on the boat now. So. Yeah, Cam ain't on it. It's yep. currently sitting at what a nine point seven. Yes, because of because of Cam zero. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah so uh once again it's table of truth blurred, blurred lines and we out peace spider-man spider-man peace. Do, 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 do.